Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 65 of the Okie Geek Podcast. I'm Michael Cross. I'm Nikki Robinson. And I'm Joshua Unruh. And we are live from FrackFest on Film Row in Oklahoma City. So excited to be here. Josh, you've been kind of running the show here. How's it been going so Well, far? I mean, let's not go crazy. <laughs> I am involved in the running of the show. No, it's, it's going really well. We are right now, as we record this, about halfway, I think, through our block of shorts, mm-hmm. uh, which we are re-showing later this afternoon. So uh, if, if a whole bunch of oddball short indie films sound good to you, and they should, because yes, I've do. seen all of them, and they're, they're all a lot of fun. I think short indie films are the best way to go because they're, well, short. Sure, and and we, we do have some features that we're showing mm-hmm. also, but uh, um, w- which are also very good. Like I really enjoyed the 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 entries that we got this year and so yeah, it's it's going it's going very well. Had a had a Mickey Reese retrospective last night and a couple of new things that he uh made just for Frackfest. Oh. So, um yeah, pretty good. It's going well. And this is the second year. How did the entries go? Did we get did you get more or less the same about how to work for, for I mean, we got less entries, uh-huh. but we've also not been able to promote it as strongly this year as we did last year. Uh a difference between then and, and last year and this year is uh George went from George Adams who yeah. uh, runs the the runs Frackfest went from renting parts of the Paramount to do Frackfest to running the Paramount, including putting the Noir Bistro in. So it's just, there's... And the new theater. Yeah, yes. He's done several shows. So it's weird... 2016 is the year of fragmented attention, unfortunately, and our and our entries were uh, were lower because of that. But the the ones that we got were very strong, and and we have a you know a great showing very going on. About so that. yeah, good Nick, times. Nikki, how have things been going with you? Oh, things have been fantastic. Are you doing anything special? Well, you got purple hair now. I do have purple. Or hair Or sometimes now. blue. Like now, yeah. I'm sitting here. It's blue, but then you move and it's purple. It's, it's fantastic. It's blurple. Oh, let's not do that. Uh, <laughs> no, me and the kids are gonna go get family photos taken after this. Oh, excited. That's they, why they look. They look fairly mildly nice. civil. There. They do. They're holding it together. They're holding it together. I want to ask you about Nintendo Switch. Have you seen it? I have seen it, and I'm going to lose the pieces if I end up buying it. So I'm ah. I'm waiting to lose half that controller, (laughs) especially at my Its modularity will work against you. Yes, and it's just like, oh, that's cool. I think it's cool, and I think it's going to be cool, and a lot of people are going to like it, but I think it's another. And it's very innovative, but it's going to, I think it will go the way of the Wii again. Have you seen the the video for the yes. Switch, Josh? It, I, I, I'm interested. You're right. I hadn't thought about losing pieces, but you are absolutely right. That is a whole heck of a lot of pieces. It's like too. four different pieces. Like, yeah. I mean, you have the screen and then the each part of the controller. controller and the and controller comes apart, and each person can be playing with each one of those. Yeah. So and I'm like, I'm going. My kids are going to lose that. I'm going. I'm going to lose that. <laughs> mm, yeah. I mean, that's a that's. That's a concern, but I also, I mean, just just for perspective, I kind of think back to when I didn't have to keep track of my phone all the time, mm-hmm. or right. y- you know that kind of that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, if it's good enough, we'll adapt. That's well, true. Or I they'll think. sell a bunch, bunch of, of extra controllers. Because <laughs> like, yeah, it's, hard it's for very my possible kids yeah. to keep track of the charging cord for the PS4 controllers. No, like, I, I mean, yeah. it's yeah. like it's. It's but hard really for my guys. son to keep track of the remote control for the television. So, <laughs> so it's like <laughs> I can I can imagine that. But I also I, I what I'm wondering is, of course, we also don't know the price. Yeah, yeah. 
and also don't know how integrated it's going to be. For example, the PS4 mm -hmm. and the Xbox are also, they, they play DVDs and Blu-rays and they are integrated to, to where they can, you can More watch other things. Right. Thing. Uh, is this just going to be a gaming console, in which case, is it going to be able to beat anything that Xbox and PS4 comes out? Yeah, we really don't know a whole lot about it yet. No. Like, I mean, they just, I mean, they've just announced it. But I do have a game you might be interested in, and it's an MMO. Oh, really? Yes, uh, Old Republic is coming out with an expansion, and the trailers for it have been phenomenal. I saw those trailers. Yeah, I did too. Like it it's none of my business. I don't, I'm not poking my nose in there. But it looks so good. It does look like amazing. It, it almost made me go, I could afford to get Now, that. granted, those are just <laughs> the cutscenes, so I'm, yeah. I'm always wondering how the, how the gameplay works. But the cutscenes by themselves is oh my just gosh, a beautiful were, story. Yeah, they and were the, fantastic. The look of the gameplay and cutscenes keep getting yes. closer. Like closer and closer, closer to where it's not. I, I mean, it isn't gameplay, but as far as will it look like that, it's going to look it's like that. Look yeah. Close. yeah. But like the they just came out with the betrayal uh, trailer for it. Uh, last week and like i tore my heart out i was just <laughs> like they had like you the, the whole trailer is like it's these I, i'm assuming brothers oh it's the brothers the, yes i've yeah, seen that one too yeah and, uh, i think they're identical twins because they, they look same age they look yeah. exactly like if not they're very close in yes age and they're like training together and they're going all through this stuff and it's just like oh and you become so attached to them in this little what, I think the trailer's six minutes long, and the, which to go back to the short, something can be very good in a very oh, yeah. short oh, yeah. amount Absolutely. of time, and you, like you just get attached to these characters, and then you see what's about to happen, and you're like, no. yeah. And it seems like because my son was asking me about it, and I said I don't know much about it because everything got erased with the new ex new timelines. That's and, true. Um, but it looks like in this this idea of an old republic is that the republic either isn't Jedi battling Sith. It's no. it's a it's more of a everyone uses the force and if you tend toward the light side then you go to the Jedi and if you tend toward the dark side you go to the Sith. But they're not yeah. necessarily at war with each other like they were in the old expansion the, expanded universe. Yeah, from what I gather from it, there there's even like neutral parties too, like the people with the yellow lightsabers. Right. You know, they'd be more like grey Jedi or whatever. And like there isn't that battle like that black and white Jedi versus yeah, and it, well, if you go to the dawn of the Jedi in the expanded universe, which was twenty five thousand years earlier, mm -hmm. there was it was just Force users. Mm -hmm. and yeah, and there's no the discipline. We Jedi. just discovered it. The yeah. only thing, the only some people, if they tended more toward the light, then you kind of trained them in that direction. If they tended more, if they were chaotic evil, you trained them that way. If they were, if they were lawful good, you trained them that way. You know, so you they were neutral. They just kind of went about their yeah. business. Yeah, um, and maybe there was some more controllers, people who were like mm -hmm. you know more referees who were more in the, the neutral zone. So, it's, it's yeah, but all bets are off. Yeah. So go nuts. Yeah, yeah. It, and it looks. Like and it's and I think fun. I think honestly, trending away from the Jedi Sith dichotomy mm -hmm. is going to create more interesting story options. Mm -hmm. Like we've seen it, we didn't know that's what we were seeing with Luke and Vader, but we did. Right, and, and then we saw it in the prequels, and it was what it was you know <laughs> and and i think i mean going back to me being the kylo ren apologist where i maintain he is the third antagonist or i'm sorry third protagonist of that movie sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. we're not 
it's not going to be that kind of uh, that black and white. Yeah, no, and it shouldn't and be because we've, we've changed. Our world has changed so much to where things aren't really bl as black and white as they used to be. Yeah, and, and I don't. But even there, look, first order, they're oh yeah, they're obviously patterned off SS. Like it's yeah. not. Uh, we're not trying to say that they might be the good guys, yeah, but yeah. but this this. I mean, Star Wars is uh, second only to one other theme. Jedi versus Sith, and we've seen it a lot. The other theme is daddy issues, and those are aren't apparently going away anytime right. soon. No, um, definitely not. So well, I mean, you know, we we've seen the Jedi Sith thing. Like, be more interesting. Yes. Be more. And that was one of the problems with the expanded universe was it just kept on going to that Jedi Sith. Yeah. Answer. So by the time you got to the legend or legends of the Jedi, and it, it was just okay. Come on, yeah. there's got to be something new you guys yeah. can do. Was anybody anybody else use the Force? Oh, yeah. those witches? And they just stay on that one planet. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm actually I, really excited. I'd be really interested, like really not necessarily for this game, because it's mm -hmm. it, the old republics tend to be Jedi-focused, because this is so weird to say with a bajillion words and pictures of a, of extended universe, but I mean, when the t like Knights of the Old Republic and stuff was new, it's because we didn't have any time in fiction where what do i mean to say like jedi at their height we never saw that right mm -hmm. like we never got to see that so it was new and fresh and okay that's great i'd really like to see some of these star expanded star wars stories that don't have anything to do with force users at all <gasps> like perhaps segue into casting news Oh yes! Oh my gosh! Yes, the best. I've never had <laughs> casting news like I know. Have you heard about no, who's I Lando? Have not. Who's Lando? Donald Glover. Are you kidding? Will be playing a young Lando Calrissian oh in the in the Han Solo movie. I think I have never had heard casting better. It's because he is a perfect. He I I would I believe him as as a young Lando Calrissian. I. I am really interested to see which Donald Glover shows up, <laughs> like because the Donald Glover who's trying to do Billy D. Williams, but younger, would be great. Yeah. But also the kind of goofball who hasn't settled down into the smoothness that is Billy D. Williams would also be kind of great. So I'm really, <laughs> really interested to see which Donald Glover shows up. I for think that that's game. what he's going to do. Is he's going to try and go? This is the kind of person I want to be. I want to be yeah. that young, uh, suave Billy D. Williams. Donald Glover pretending I, to be Billy I, D. Williams, pretending to be Lando Calrissian is fine. Yes, I would pay this money. <laughs> And I think that's going to be wonderful. I'm looking forward to Rogue One. I think it's going to be amazing. The oh yeah, new trailer is is really intriguing. I have There's to your have gray area. Seen. There's some yeah. of your gray area. She has an English accent, you guys, and yet she is a good guy. She's well, she's she's she has an English accent, and uh, that's why I think so does Ray in I, Force Awakens. And so, kinda. Of course, you don't inherit your your yeah. Your, your, your Ray accent, but has an accent. Oh, that's an English accent. Well, but it's not. It's not like I bypass the regulator. I mean, <laughs> yes, it's yes. sort of. I don't know. It's that's different. Like your favorite line. It's different. That <laughs> you quote that all the time. Especially to prove that English accent, yeah. because that's it definitely just, one where it came right smooth yes, out. It fits it so well. I, that's I. A lot of people have theorized that this the character in somehow related. is is her mother oh. is somehow related. We don't oh know. God! From the let's same place. let's just not. Can we just not? No. Because well, no. again, Rogue One is already about daddy issues. 
So can we just not try and make everybody related to everybody? Yeah. Come on. Especially, it is a very good, large Especially, galaxy. Yeah. So, yeah. It's <laughs> a big place. But I do, I do, you're talking about gray areas, though. There's not going to be any Jedi in this. There yeah, there's obviously be. at least one Force-sensitive guy. There's one guy who talks about the Force, and I've loved how, and they've done it and in I Rebels as well. And I think he's blind. Well. Yeah, they've done it in Rebels as well. Uh, the, the the television series is that there's not a lot of Jedi. Obviously, they've yeah. all been killed. We off. purged those. Yeah, <laughs> but there are a lot of Force users. There are a lot of people who are aware of the Force. Maz Kanata also very oh, aware yeah, of yeah. the Force, just not. And they have a, a Force user in the Rebels played by Tom Baker, the fourth Doctor. Oh yeah, yeah. Who is he's this creature that is Force sensitive, aware of the Force, but he's like Jedi Sith. What did? Right. <laughs> oh, the floor is lava. I'm not playing. Yeah, there's there's force. <laughs> there is the force. If you're going to cho- choose to put it good or bad, that's up to that's you. That's up to you. M- my theory of the force, literally since 1985. Exactly. <laughs> it is it is a life force, and therefore it can be used for good. It can be used for bad. It is neither good nor bad. What if I'm choking the right guy? That's not the <laughs> That's dark right. side. Sorry. What yeah. if I'm choking that pig monster? Yep. Oh, pig monster. We're going to get uh, uh, one other person in here to talk about Frackfest. A couple other You've got to go watch the door. Yes, I'm switching out. So we're going to pause for just a moment and be right back with more from Frackfest on Film Row in Oklahoma City. And we're back. Hopefully you didn't miss us. We are here with Layla Payne, who is, do you have a, a kind of a title here, or are you just kind of helping out? What are you doing here, here at FrackFest? Um, I'm the administrative director, basically. I love that title. Administrative <laughs> director, Take Layla everything, Payne. take care of everything, and keep everyone sane. And how are things going here at FrackFest? Fantastic so far. Awesome. Has it, has it been, uh, do you, do, was it just, okay, Saturday, was it just today, or did you start yesterday? Yesterday. Yesterday. Um, it actually started Thursday night. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So we've been, we've been very busy. <laughs> very busy. Um, Thursday night, uh, we had a few movies showing, three movies, I believe. And then last night, we had some movies. And today is our shorts day. What kind of uh, movies have, have been the most popular right now, do you think? Um, I think yesterday's uh, schedule with Mickey Reese, he came in and had a couple of movies that uh, one was T-Rex, and it was pretty much revived as a uh, movie that he did back in 2014 Mm. basically Um, we brought it back to the Paramount for another screening and it seemed to have a good response you you had asked about if it was still at the Paramount I couldn't remember if they were still keeping this called as Paramount there is still the Paramount building Mm -hmm. and we have changed to the Paramount Cafe it's now uh, Bistro Noir Noir Bistro Bar and then the the cinema is Paramount Cinema so okay. we are keeping Which I need to note the Noir Bistro looks amazing. Yeah, we are, in we are here recording right it right now. now. And it is fantastic looking. I love it. Absolutely love it. This what time is are you guys opening this place tonight? Um yes, but I'm not sure what time I okay. believe it's gonna be two o'clock. Oh, okay. So just in just a little bit. Uh we're gonna put this on uh podcast we're gonna we're gonna air this probably in a couple hours so it, hopefully you'll get this by about three or four o'clock come on down to frack fest maybe just throw this in your car and listen to it on your on your way down here because this is a lot of fun we were here last year yeah uh, we're very excited about frack fest still continuing mm-hmm. uh, what kind of have, have you said the crowds what kind of uh, attendance have you had um last night was a was a pretty big night the thursday night i guess because of work and whatever other reasons um we probably had uh 15 to 20, mm-hmm. which is pretty good for a Thursday night. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then last night we had probably 20 to 30. So mm. 
It was a pretty good turnout. And then today for our shorts, um, already at 11 a.m., we probably had about 15 or 20. So for it's people, been pretty good. For people who are listening to this on this Saturday afternoon, this evening, what what's coming up? Is there something big going on? Um, we're showing our shorts until uh, 2 o'clock. It ranges anywhere from 5 minutes to 20 minutes on each film. Um, and then at 3.15, we have a movie that is an actual feature it's 120 minutes so um it's trace route and that is uh basically a a, a documentary of Ooh. a guy that takes you through his journey of uh, nerddom ah uh, yes <laughs> so it's it's a really cool movie um but that's at uh 3 mm-hmm. and then at 5 30 we're going to show shorts again we're going to do the shorts yeah. program one more time yeah, we were talking about how sh- shorts are, are great because you get the idea of an entire movie, but it's... it's Compact. Yeah, it's compact yes. and, and a good size to where you can really get an idea of what the director wants to do um, and what the actors are doing without having to sit through a full two hours, which can be uh, burdensome sometimes because you want to get to the next thing. You want to, you know... So shorts just, I think, are sometimes the best way to go. Right. I agree. They're a good way to pack a lot of emotion in a very short amount of time. Like, if you notice, like, especially with, like, Pixar shorts <laughs> and stuff like that, everyone talks about the Pixar shorts whenever they they come out. Oh, and, yeah. and, like, I would never think I'd cry within, and get attached to yes. a character within five minutes. But you do. And it's it's great. I love, I absolutely adore shorts. They're my favorite things. And I think with festivals. independent films, it's definitely more popular, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the shorts, because... People may or may not want to sit for an hour and 20 minutes yeah. and, and watch a, a full feature film, but um, a lot of filmmakers or, or local people who are into film want to come in and, and spend five to 20 minutes mm-hmm. and watch something that catches their eye or, or you know has creative genius in it. So, mm-hmm. and you get a taste again. We well, get a taste of what that director can do, uh, right. because and, and I know I've talked. We've talked to some directors. It, it's actually almost harder to do because you mentioned mm-hmm. you have to get people attached to these characters and mm-hmm. feel for them in ten minutes rather than one hundred and twenty. Exactly, and that's not easy. So you really get a taste of what the director, the writer, the the filmmakers can do. Right. With with a short amount of time. It's just a really wonderful experience. I, I love them. Yeah, shorts so. are my favorite parts of film festivals. So. Mine as well. <laughs> so. It was a lot of fun watching. We spent a whole day watching every single film and every single one of them. Were, I mean, they these people are so talented, mm-hmm. um, the filmmakers. They're just, the talent is beyond measure. So it's good stuff. And then what, anything going on this evening? Any kind of a party or celebration going on? Yes. Uh, tonight uh, is going to be the fracking awards ceremony. The fracking awards. <laughs> yes. Um, I got a fracking award. <laughs> We're going to fracking give those fracking awards out. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's going to be at 10 p.m. And um, after that, we're just going to hang out and party until 2 a.m. Hopefully. Sweet. Yeah. And there are, I mean, the, we have a full bar here. Yes. At the Noir Bistro. And so. they have brunch after midnight. <gasps> Do they really? It's so amazing. What a great idea. Oh, what a, oh, okay, Saturday night. Here's the place <laughs> to party right here tonight. Come here because it's just going to be a great celebration of just not only what's going on in Oklahoma City, but the celebration of the arts and, and film that you're just not going to get anywhere else. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there is uh, today at 7 p.m., Torn from the Flag is going to be showing, and that is an award-winning film um, directed by George himself, which is the owner of the Paramount oh, Cinema. Wow. And 
um, it is a great movie and it was um, in the Oscar race. So oh, wow. definitely Torn from very, the flag. yeah, very good wow. movie. And they're celebrating the 60th anniversary of the Hungarian revolution. So that's going to be, that's a good movie. Oh, that's oh, amazing. Wow. If anybody wants to come out to see that, it's good stuff. And then on Sunday, uh, we're having the, we're going to be showing the winners, correct? Correct. So it's just everybody who won wins tonight. Tomorrow you'll be able to see every one of those films. Right. How many? Of, how many are we expecting to show tomorrow? Um, that's a good question. I don't have an exact yeah. number, um, but we we have anything ranging from the best uh, documentary to uh, best character, and it's it's all over the place. So we could have ten films showing tomorrow. Yeah. So. so still a lot of lot thing, a lot of things going on tomorrow if you're just listening and you can't come down Saturday, come down tomorrow because there's mm-hmm. still going to be a big, big party here. We're expecting well. to probably have everything finished and wrapped up by about four o'clock. So but um, during the day in the morning between 11 and four, we're going to have plenty of movies going on. And That's good. What's good the stuff? cost? Ten uh, dollars per day. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> for a whole day how of movie how do watching. We, yeah, I'm yeah. Thinking, considering that's one, you know, one movie nowadays. If right, <laughs> you can spend the whole day watching movies, and it's only ten dollars. It's pretty good. That's amazing. So you can see all the winners. You can come in and just for ten dollars see all the the best of uh, for for an entire day, which would be just absolutely amazing. Exactly. Awesome. Good deal. Anything else? No, I think we covered everything. Good awesome. deal. I think we're going to get your husband in in just a bit. Sweet. So that'll be a lot of fun. He's we'll, kind we'll, of a cool we'll guy. We'll put him on the hot seat. He is a great guy. He's, I like a, he's okay. I think he's all right. <laughs> Johnny's awfully fun. We'll be right back with, uh, actually, I think more of Frack, Frack Fest from Film Row at the Paramount in Oklahoma City. Thank you, guys. And we are back. Uh, Joshua has joined us again. He had to watch the front desk while Layla was uh, coming in and talking to There was us. an intermission. It was. You have a panel coming up at 2 o'clock. Talk to us about that. Okay. It is a panel about making comics. I have two good friends of mine, uh, Brian Winkler of Robot House Creative, who has written several comic books, both of his his characters of his own creation, as well as, most recently, Garbage Pail Kids comics. (laughs) Holy crap. And, uh, yeah, no, it's as disgusting as you would expect, Uh, also. Um, and then Jonathan Kelsch, who is a, an illustrator that I mean, I have I have had the pleasure of working with oof, many times. I've known him an alarming number of years from back in my ad agency days, and he's been doing more and more comic book work, and is also um, most recently uh, our audience would know him from his appearance in uh, oh why am I forgetting the the name the the steampunk. Western from the 48-hour film festival, whose name the Bulleteers. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, yes, he was. Um, he was in the Bulleteers and has done. I believe he was responsible for some of that uh, scene transitions that were wanted posters. Looked like wanted posters. Uh. Anyway, so yeah, so he's been doing some more storyboard work and also some more comic book work. And between those two things, we're going to talk about filmmaking and comics what's same what's different etc well i'm a big fan of brian winkler he's the creator of our crazy smart ad campaign mm-hmm. at that's right osu and uh and, and has kept that going and it's been fantastic as we celebrate our 60th anniversary when have you done any comics josh have you actually written any comics that have gotten published not ha- not that have been published no i would love to see what you could do because i love 
the way you write. Mm-hmm. It would be really neat to see what an illustrator could do with some of the words that you have. You thought about doing anything? This like is that? this is actually some of the com- not me specifically, but some of the conversation today is that if you look at screenplays, you know, for for TV or for movies, those are internal documents. Mm-hmm. Like they have no detail. And comic book scripts, there's a very formalized approach to screenplays now. Um, Comic book scripts tend to be all over the place. Some of them are extremely detailed. I know Grant Morrison sends his in with thumbnails. Even with artists that he's worked with a lot, he he will thumbnail out things that that, to make sure that they understand. Um, and, And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have people who come from TV and movies who just give these super sparse scripts. And I think that those that shifts, depending on whether you know your artist very well, like if you don't know who you're going to be paired with and you're just being you're just writing a, a script. I don't know. It depends on your approach. I'm worried that they won't know what the hell they're doing. So I will give them all the detail versus eh, they're prof- I mean, so it's really all over the place. And some of that conversation about what has Jonathan seen, uh, you know, across the board and what does what does Brian do when he approaches that? Because um, he has now done some work with artists multiple times and also some less less collaborative things. I think like Garbage Pail Kids was, uh, they knew who the artist was, but Brian didn't know them. So, right. you know. And Knuckleheads so was, was a collaborative. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, Brian, from the ground Brian up. Brian wrote it and. and uh, Brian and Robert Wilson. Robert Wilson, yeah. Uh, drew this drew this yeah like like the character designs and everything were done very collaboratively collaboratively uh, same thing with uh dave curd on bastard road like they worked together really closely to build that whole world so brian can't draw stick figures but he was you know he has design sense and that was involved in that so it's it's really all over the place so i say all that to say when it comes to me man it would really depend on my artist um what what i did or if i even thought i should be doing it like i've scripted things for web series you know um, movie and tv style but again those are sparse like on purpose uh my first web series work was less detail thank you you know um so you know well, it'd be really interesting and, and it's beautiful that comic books have gotten a you know you can actually get comic books published now a lot easier than having you know it used to be you could only do dc or marvel yeah and that was it but now the independent comics and they're not just uh, they're not just independent comics they do d- go into even the superhero stuff that usually sure. is, is yeah held listen we are about to start getting valiant comics superhero tv and movies are we really yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, they're working on blood spot i think exo man war what was her name? The the new one. Uh, what's oh, Faith. Name? Faith. Mm-hmm. Have you read that? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's good. Yeah, um, that would be a tremendous TV show. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I say it like that because I like the sort of ongoing serialized nature of what what they can do with Faith. Is why I say TV show. Yeah. Because the superhero movies need to be approached more like uh, novels is too strong, but I mean novellas. Mm-hmm. It's funny to me. <laughs> Like the Netflix shows, I'm like they could benefit from having a novelist on staff, <laughs> right? Um, but with movies, arc, yeah, yeah, yeah. But with movies, it's like, yeah, everything that happened in this two and a half hour movie, I'd do in about forty thousand words. You know, it's just not as much as you think. It's weird how that that crossover works too. So, but uh, yeah, so I'd love I'd love to write comics. I need an artist. Yeah, they're, they're around artists. <laughs> I'm out. They want money. 
love you. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame them. I'm just saying. And and uh, even the most detailed, again, like your your Alan Moore or your uh, Grant Morrison layered, dense scripts still take a tenth of the time to write as it takes to draw. So, you know, I, that's not me blaming them. I'm saying I, I need to be able to pay those people. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be nice. I, you know, I, I would love to be able to have some kind of a comic book underground that's going on mm -hmm. in Oklahoma. And I know that uh, Brian would certainly love to see mm -hmm. that too because there's there's room for it here in Oklahoma. We just need to get people out there doing it. Oh, and incidentally, I mean, since Amazon bought Comixology, mm -hmm. self-publishing comics is a much more approachable... Oh, really? I hadn't thought about that one. Yeah. I mean, there I got emails because I do uh, uh, Kindle publishing. I got emails about, you can now publish your comics, self-publish through Comixology, here is here is the deal. Here's how the money shakes out. You know, email. I love that idea. Yeah, wow. I so. often wondered what they're going to do with Comixology. Is is Amazon going to do any kind of thing like what they do with their their kind, unlimited Kindle? Are they going to try and do anything? I doubt it. Mostly because, okay, industry insider stuff. Kindle Unlimited is really complicated. There is a lot of uh. There's a lot of. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm just wait. What's happening behind me? Um, there's a lot of negotiation going on, but in the end of the day, it's six publishers. Right? Really? You have big six. Yeah. All the and then everything else is imprints. So at the end of the day, you are arguing with six publishers. Yeah. With comics, it's two, three ish, but the but they also want but to do they their own also thing. are doing their own thing like i pay for marvel unlimited why right. would they do that through comicsology anyway so yeah. it's weird cuz i would love to have if i had a netflix for comics i would pay that i would pay for that i don't care if it was 25 30 35 dollars even 40 dollars i'd pay that a month just to be able to get unlimited oh a month wow you'd be comics. way ahead i pay 70 bucks a year for marvel unlimited well that's what i'm saying but you only get marvel i'm just saying right. i would i would pay 40 dollars a I, month I, if i could get dc idw sure. dark horse marvel if I could get, you know, maybe the big eight or nine and just get an unlimited every, but, and also get it the week that it comes out. Whereas Marvel, Marvel Unlimited, it sounds like a great idea. The only reason I haven't gone to it is because it's so delayed. Yeah. And it's still only certain. But after a few months, it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, <coughs> I'm sorry, excuse me. Yeah. I mean, after a couple of months, it just, it just doesn't matter because. It's then then you're on, I mean, you know, then you're on, okay, now I'm on the unlimited schedule. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I also think that week of drop, we don't get that. You have to go to more specialized areas for that, for TV. You know, with Hulu, you have to go to Hulu right. um, or their own individual apps for week of drops. So I'm not surprised. That would be complicated in a subscription model for for comic books. Yeah, I just think it'd be neat because I mean, Comicology <coughs> does you you can buy the the moment it comes out. Yeah, you can, for, but it's it's for the same price as a physical comic book, which, which is no nonsense. Uh, I've never understood it. And I, well, that's maybe that's why Comicsology sold their stuff to Amazon, thinking maybe you Comicsology sold it. their stuff to Amazon because Amazon hit them with a bucket of money. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and they said, Let's they, be they, honest. We can make a whole heck of a lot more money from Amazon buying our stuff than yeah. staying. In well, I mean, they were they were fine. I mean, yeah, that's their strong service. If if you go to not unlimited but Marvel's own store. Mm -hmm. It's just a reskinned Comixology. It's just a exactly. Marvel branded Comixology. Comixology maintains the, that architecture. Yeah, they're leading. They're leading in buying digital comics. Same for same for DC. I mean, everybody just uses 
com- not I shouldn't say everybody. The big ones just use Comixology's architecture. Um, but I'd love to see more independent publishers with uh, uh, where I give them the money directly and they just drop it in my email. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there'd be a lot of ways. Well, Knuckleheads was almost all digital. I think the first th- first issue was physical, but almost everything else was digital. No, they had. De- it's, yeah, it was a mix. I don't recall exactly yeah. what the percentages were, but yeah. But it was good. There's absolutely nothing wrong with digital comics. That's, no. It's a great way to read I have comics. a ju- I, I wanted to downsize my tablet, and then I couldn't because <laughs> at the 10-inch, it's basically the size of a comic yeah, book page. it's perfect. You can you actually so. turn it upside or turn it over when it's a double page. You got it right there. I, that's what I love about reading on my iPad. It's, it's great. great way to read. So. I have no opinions on the subject. We can fix that. That's right. Go, go to the 2 o'clock <laughs> panel. I'm sure that they're going to We'll talk to you about comics, man. We'll do it. Comics uh, are awesome, we'll, especially when you look at what's going on in the world of how comics are now so much of an influence in movie and television. Yeah. And I don't just mean the character. Certainly that's... But even when you look at where movies and televisions that aren't based off comics, they're still comics-related. It's, it's still that idea. Genre of, stuff right. is... Yeah, and weirder or mashup genre stuff, yeah. which is the bread and butter of a lot of, you know, action comics. Um, I mean, superheroes are at their core a a mashup now mm-hmm. like it's everything plus superpowers so yeah that, that the fact that genre tv is that weird and and comboed so also if we uh at the panel so we'll do the panel and at the end of the panel if we keep an 18 and up crowd <laughs> we will screen the animated short that they did uh as a test for bastard road oh but but it needs to be an 18 and up crowd. I've seen it. It's fantastic. And you'll laugh a lot and then you'll feel bad about it. I tell you, I was re-watching Deadpool. I thought, you know, I, when I watched it in the movie theater and I saw it with Vinton mm-hmm. and, and I thought, surely I was just laughing because it was in the theater and I was enjoying Well, I watched it again. That's still just funny. <laughs> no, it's funny. That it's funny. So, I, the, whole time, the whole time I'm feeling guilty going, I cannot be, I, sh- I really shouldn't be laughing at this. The part about Deadpool that shocks me is not that it was actually good and entertaining it's that they turned it into this like lame c plus love story like why did you even bother yeah but it's just hilarious and i think the fact that it is and of course wolverine's logan just dropped the the trailer and it's gonna be it's that is the set how can you laugh at that trailer you heartless monster It was on the internet. (laughs) It's like Logan's holding like the little kid's hand, and like Deadpool tweets that was my hand when he gets his hand. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now I see how you, as a as a heartless monster, could laugh at that. All right, fair enough. Yeah, apparently uh, Ryan Reynolds actually after said I said you must shove this in my face right now. Something to that effect. I'm, I'm, but it's an R rated. And I'm, th- I'm worried that the people think that the reason that Deadpool did so well is because it was R-rated. I And it wasn't. That's not what I am concerned about the trend at DC because of that. I'm not concerned about Logan because look at that trailer. Yeah, it could not be more different in tone. Completely. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I, so I, it's, they're, it's not. It, I don't think they're trying. I, I don't think they're trying to get Deadpool. I think they're trying to get Deadpool numbers by going in with an R rating. Uh, without doing anything that Deadpool really did, which was not only being very funny and a very uh, a wonderful movie, but also the, the integrated advertising that it did for almost six months before that movie even came out. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, the marketing budgets of the movies cost more than the movies. Right. And, and even even your job. giant tent poles. Yeah. Uh, Avengers mm-hmm. m- marketing budget is 
much larger yeah. than well, Deadpool, the budget for Deadpool just won an award for its integrated marketing mm-hmm. in, in doing things like testicular cancer. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they were they were just all over the place. Real talk, that's the one that convinced yeah. me that I cared enough to see that movie. I still didn't go to the theater, but I saw I saw it at home. But that was the one where I was like, "Well, that's a good gag. We're going to give that one a shot." Yeah, I, I just I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I like the fact they're doing kind of an old man Logan type of thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really L- good. Listen, the X Men movie continuity makes no sense now. Anyway, oh, no, no, I just gone. saw uh, Apocalypse. And I was like, how does this, you know what? They're not thinking about it. I'm not going to either. <laughs> I, you know, the only thing I've heard is if they do a second one, but apparently they've, they've shelved the X-Men series. They were going to go into the 90s. Uh, I made this joke halfway through when I realized we'd had the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Yeah. I was like, I just want giant guns and pouches. Yeah. And I said dudes from the future, meaning Cable. And then I was like, never mind. He's in the next Deadpool movie. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I really am. And Deadpool's going to come out. Did you guys see Guardians of the Galaxy? The, the, the trailer? trailer, yes. Yeah, and the poster is amazing. Is it? Really? I had oh, seen yeah, the yeah, it's great. Yeah. But I'm and then gets even better it. once you see Groot. But is oh my god! Is, <laughs> let them find it on their own. Is Guardians? Is Guardians is coming out in summer? Next summer, yeah, in 2017. Mm-hmm. But Black Panther isn't that coming out before then? I thought that was coming out in like January, February, maybe maybe the the early okay. early summer. These release. have been shuffled. There's something in May because there's always something in May. Yeah, is that Black Panther or is that Guardians? I I don't know. I'm pretty I don't sure have they my phone. Guardians there because they, Guardi- they had Guardians in August. Okay, but that was just because they it was going to be one of those throwaway movies that ended up being the the the. The every single Marvel movie that's an experiment and we're yeah. just pretending in retrospect that it wasn't. Yeah. So that. I'm pretty sure the, <laughs> that's why I thought they were going to put that in May and make the the like Black Panther into almost where Deadpool came out in January or February of this year. I figured Black Panther would come out in that time. So I, I'm it's really 2017. The yeah, but they, they've shuffled. It's fine. There's a bunch. There's also Homecoming is next year. Yes. That's what I, that's what I was saying. There's, that may be the one that's in May now that I think about it. You know what is it. coming out soon? Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I'm yes. so excited for that. Oh, there are three, like three or four good movies that I had. Oh well, I knew gosh, about that yeah. one, but there's the movie with uh, Star Lord, uh, Chris Pratt, where they're in space uh, and and Guardians they of no, they just <laughs> no, they, they no the it's, other it's, one. It's, it's an original sci-fi. They they wake up. It's gone. Yes, with Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, and and they wake up and they you don't know what's going on. I'm like. Oh my gosh! This is an original science fiction what? movie. Not based? Is it? I know. It's crazy. Um, there's a, there's another science fiction that's got Jeremy. Uh, I want to say Renner. Is that Jeremy Renner? And oh, I don't care. Uh, no, no, it actually looks really good. Yeah, I don't like uh, Jeremy uh, Renner. We don't want your prejudice here. You don't like Hawkeye? I like Hawkeye. I don't like Jeremy Renner, and I don't like Hawkeye. I, I, I like so him. putting them together, double dislike. <laughs> I like Jeremy Renner. Uh, but I, it just looks like another sci-fi that looks original, uh, where aliens are coming down, and, and it's got, and I can't remember her name, played Lois in a, uh, Man of Steel. Oh, I don't care. Uh, I didn't see Man of Steel. <laughs> she was in, oh, come on, and everyone, everyone's screaming at me right now listening to this podcast. She was in The Muppets. She was I know, in I know Enchanted. I know who you're talking she, of, but I don't know You just know keep name. saying movies that I haven't seen. I would, yeah. <laughs> anyway, and I know people are screaming at me right now, just yelling. Yeah, that's the blonde lady. The yeah. blonde lady with anyway. the hair. I, I, I can't remember. Anyway, but that looks good, too. I'm just saying there's a whole bunch of original movies that are coming out this by the end of the year that look to keep really us busy good. in between Marvel movies. 
<laughs> well, but the, I mean, they, they're original stuff, and I'm, so I'm kind of excited. It's one of the reasons why I was excited about Jupiter rising a couple of years ago. Uh, oh. Because it was an original, not based off of anything sci-fi. Boy, that it thing was, was crazy. It was. It was. It was. Uh, I didn't dislike it. I finally got to see it when it came to like, HBO okay. or something like that. It wasn't bad. Uh, I, I. It wasn't great it's either. Very pretty. But I wanted to. Yeah, and I think it was kind of crazy. It almost reminded me of Saga. Have you ever read any of the, the saga? Yes, but saga. And not, not in the storyline, but the fact that there were so many weird yeah, characters. Yeah, and yeah, weird yeah. Tone, races. The tone is completely yeah. different, but the whole, like, we're just going to populate this area yeah. with Byzantine nonsense and expect you to catch up on the fly. Yeah. It's like, let's let's just throw a whole bunch of weird stuff at you and, and hope you can figure it out. Now, of course, saga I would love to see in a movie, but apparently that's TV. never going to happen. Well, apparently. It, it, I know it's not, but it would be amazing. I want that to be prestige television. Yeah. Would be incredible. Okay, we're gonna take a pause. We're gonna bring Johnny in, right? Yeah. Talk about gaming. Talk about more nerd things happening at Frackfest. Uh, so we will be right back from Frackfest on Film Row in the Paramount in Oklahoma City. And we are back, and we've got Johnny Payne with us. Johnny, friend of the show, you've been on before, and we were talking about Frackfest, and what we would like to talk about is gaming. What's what's going on in the realm of gaming here at Frackfest today? Cool. Let me tell you why we're doing gaming at Fragfest. Tell me why we're doing gaming <laughs> here at Fragfest. There's a, there's a thesis statement. There, there is a reason, um, and it's more than just because. Yeah. So That's my thesis filmmaking statement. Filmmaking is storytelling, mm-hmm. if you're doing it right. Um, you know, Michael Bay puts on a good show, but maybe not a story. Uh, gaming has a lot of storytelling elements to it, and there's been many times where I've sat around and, and you know it's in a gaming group, and someone will pop in and say, why aren't filmmakers playing role-playing games mm-hmm. or why aren't actors doing you know live action role-playing great improv skills uh, world building world creating either in the long the long run or the short term you know either way it's still it's still storytelling um, a lot of game companies have had contests that are you know chronicle your campaign keep a notebook mm-hmm. send it to us we'll publish it as a novel and go from there. Yeah. Most novels turn into movies. It comes full circle. There are a lot of uh, tabletop role-playing games and card games that are based on movie franchises, film franchises. So it all, it's, it's all en- encompassing. Talk about the Dungeons & Dragons movies of the 90s, though. We won't talk yeah, about those Why not? Well, because it was although, terrible. Although I do, I do actually think, I mean, when you're talking about that, They're fine. Those, those old modules that we used to play, the old yeah. AD&D, uh, that were just... Tomb of the, oh, what's the one? Elemental Evil. Yeah, Elemental Temple Evil. Temple of Elemental the, Evil, you know, yeah. Um, the, the Tomb of the Lich. Oh. Tomb of the Lich King. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. those were all great stories. That's like, these would make just great movies. Mm-hmm. I would love to see them and because it's all about storytelling when you're talking about gaming. Absolutely. Even there's there are even uh you know the, the comic books are the big craze right now and whether you're whether you're you don't say them, whether or not you're reading them <laughs> you're you're going to movies to yeah. see mm-hmm. them and there are video games for them and a lot of people will say I really like that video game the controls were nice and it had great graphics but there was no story it's lacking the story mm-hmm. well the story's on the tabletop yeah 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 I would contest to that but it's okay. well. continue. Go ahead. <laughs> well, there's not an in-depth story to exploding kittens. Well, no. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, video gaming-wise, story is usually what drives a lot of the video mm. games. Sure. So, uh, just and being I, oppositional I, to that. You haven't played Destiny. Uh, yes, I have played and there's Destiny. There's no story. There's no story, but there's not meant to be one. Yeah. But like, if you there's play The setup. Last of Us... That story oh, yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. You play Dragon Age. The Fire Those Watch. stories are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And even going back to the old stories of Ultima and mm-hmm. uh, 
Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy oh, yeah. three. I mean, was it Final Fantasy three where the, the one of the characters died or the that's Final the, Fantasy two? Yeah. Uh, Spoiler. It's been twenty years. years. I think yeah. it's fine. I know we're yeah. past the statute of limitations. <laughs> but uh, but I was going to agree with you. Mm. Gaming elements is something that uh, storytelling is a huge driving force mm -hmm. with and why more film people don't go to those areas i do not understand in every video game that you mentioned and and, and i told myself i wouldn't cry but you, <laughs> you, but you mentioned the last of us yeah. um, Gosh. every game that you mentioned is is on rails it's not an open sandbox you yes. can't just say you know what i want to you know I'm, I'm tired of this little girl i'm just going to shoot her in the face and yeah, take her like, and get the cure like, those are like fallout skyrim right those types of and, games and it's, and it's very few world. of those or mmos yeah where you're playing with your friends so i want to play this game oh. with my friend and and accomplish something and feel like we did something but then it just resets in five minutes and someone else is doing it or we can just go do it again uh, world of warcraft very much that way final fantasy 11 mm -hmm. was not there was a very linear story mm -hmm. that you could follow mm -hmm. and it was a very passionate yeah. story like I actually was like, <laughs> why is the Dark Lord? Why did that happen to him? He like, deserved he just be the light better. Lord. <laughs> no, he became the Dark Lord for a very good reason because he was betrayed. They always become the Dark Lord for a good reason. I mean, I mean, unless you're Darth Vader. Unless you're Darth Vader. If, if, if there's a reason for it. Then it's yeah, just you know, that, that Any reason. reason. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I, and I love the, the when, when you're talking about gaming, especially role-playing games, there's this push, and I, I don't know if it's recent, but a, a real big push every time I've gone out to talk to people who are DM, trying to be DMs, is creating this, not just world building, but also creating an event so that, like telling the story, okay, you're hearing this and it's, and it's bringing, so it brings the players into the game mm. much more than much just more roll subversive. the dice. And that's where really the storytelling in video gaming gets really, really good is when it becomes more submersive. Right. And when you become, like, like with Dragon Age, you are... You're, you are the Grey Warden, mm -hmm. like you become the Grey Warden, you have options, you choose what you get to do, whether this person lives, or this mm -hmm. person dies, and the storytelling is more customizable, I guess would be the word, uh, towards what you want to happen, and which is another type of writing altogether, because you're having to write these choose-your-own-adventure type yeah. stories, and so you can't really do that with film, but I wonder if there would be a interesting uh, concept it's a whole other show yeah. but yes they're working on are they working on something there like there are experimental filmmakers really are, yeah yeah, yeah. I was but they're super expensive sure. yeah i mean <laughs> if you're gonna do if you're gonna do real live actors you've got to film every possible oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and but i think the when you mentioned the build your own adventure create your own adventure mm -hmm. that's really i mean that is what true role-playing was in the first place was the idea that you get to choose where you go and how you do it and sometimes you die yes and sometimes it's just the little things like I, i'm i'm playing a an rpg on my console and i come across a gate and it's i jiggle it and it's locked well, I've got three shotguns, two rifles, a machine gun, five this? grenades, oh, <laughs> but I have to go spend 30 minutes questing for the key. Pretty sure I can knock this so, door down. Yeah, yeah, we're playing a game of vampire at the tabletop or D&D, &D, and it's like, you know, this door's locked. Stand back. <laughs> and just boom, it's not, there's no door anymore. You don't have to worry about it. The door's completely gone. That's the reason for magic locked doors. Mm. Yes. <laughs> that way, the DM can go, you cannot get in, okay? That's just, that's already, yeah, no. Yeah. Regardless of how many shotguns you have. Fire all the <laughs> shotguns at it. Oh, sadly, you're now out of ammo. That's Aww. right. The door is not Aww. open. And zombies are attacking. I'm Congratulations. An I'm, an, I'm most adversarial. Anyway, I'm very adversarial, Game Master. I'm sorry. I'll stop. 
<laughs> Someday I'm really looking yeah. forward to, to doing a game having you. I should say I'm adversarial and stuff like that. When it's, you, you mentioned the superhero stuff, yeah. and I'm like, well, that's a much less adversarial. Listen, listen they're superheroes. They're going to win. Yeah, well, they have to. They, they aren't going to die because they're the superheroes. Very it's true. the interesting bits along the way. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I adapt. I got styles. Anyway. Something that's missing from films, you're talking about being submersive. I'm a horror fan, and a lot of horror movies now are the jump scare. Mm -hmm. I shut the medicine cabinet, and then there's the reflection of the guy, and the music rises, and boo. It, it's story horror storytelling, a tabletop game. I mean, I've I've run games before where the when it was over, the people leaving were like, "Can you walk me to the car? Yeah. I don't want to yeah. go across the parking lot by Just myself." Just get in your own head, Cause, man. Because yeah, you, you can set you know shut the lights down, pop up in a couple of candles, and and just gets, it gets really really intense. So much that people will say, "I, I got to take a break." Yeah. For a I've never even thought oh, have about I? Not, horror I'm sure I've tabletop. mentioned uh, Dread, where we use a Jenga tower instead of dice because. Heads up, it's a horror movie. You're not winning. You uh, know. No, no. So it's you have a never yeah, yeah. Mentioned yes. such yes. a thing. So once it collapses, everybody dies. Uh whoever collapsed it is it's no killed. longer able. Usually it's killed. I, I did maneuver my way into, well, I'll just be insane and be an impediment to them. I can't help anymore. Yeah. Like you're not you're no longer a protagonist at that point. I love point. that idea. And well, I think when you're talking about horror movies, they go in cycles. Uh, for a while there, it was the gore. Oh, yeah, uh, you know, with saw the torture porn. And for a while, and for a while there, it was it was saw almost movies. almost complete porn in the '80s horrors. And basically, it was show a nudie girl and then kill somebody for some kind of weird titillation. That's because that '80s movies used serial killers to punish teens who had sex, drank, and smoked weed. Right. Only <laughs> the virgins survived. That's yes, right. In those movies. That's right. But uh, so I'm hoping that eventually you do go back to the idea that you're thinking about it now. <laughs> Without I, actually showing necessarily some villain popping out, that it's the it's the intensity, and that that has to be storytelling and oh, filmmaking before. Long Del Toro is doing a uh, Mountain of Madness. I'm really interested to see how that goes because it's like don't you can't show you can't show chthonic horrors. They're existential dread. You can't. Yeah. So is that what he's doing a Cthulhu type mm -hmm. of? <laughs> I mean. Uh, um, into the Mountain of Madness, something like that. It's it's a Lovecraft story. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Well, here's a movie pitch right here. Lock some people in the cabin. One of them starts telling a horror story. It's that time of year where the wind's blowing and the stuff that's died is going to fall off the trees and bang against the cabin. There's never a bad guy, but they freak themselves out <laughs> so much. Yeah. In the end, as the sun comes up, and we're all still alive, <laughs> oh, but we were all done. terrified. It, it, all, it all goes back to the looking in the mirror and doing the Bloody Mary come to us or whatever it oh, is. Yeah. It's not about the fact that there's actually a Bloody Mary in the mm -hmm. mirror. You just did it to yourself. You just psych yourself out. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, it's so easy to do, and that's so much fun to do, actually. Uh, no. No, it's not. Oh. No, my sister and I used to sit around and tell ghost stories. It would just start with, do you believe in ghosts? And then we just start telling tells and next sure. thing you know you're looking over your shoulder because yeah. yeah. what did I see out of the corner of my now put that into an element of a game where I'm just talking about your character and the things that can happen to it but this room's kind of dark and yeah. it's a little windy outside and what was that sound and it, it really starts you know getting into you and makes it more fun Jenga by Candlelight Jenga by Candlelight is how all my dread games have gone. <laughs> oh, I want to play that. No, that's not. just cheating. Oh, it's the worst. That's it's the worst. Oh, it's candlelight for ambiance. Yes, it's only for ambiance. <laughs> Pull three pieces, please. <laughs> what? I can't even. Yes. <laughs> so what else is going on in the realm of gaming? 
Everything. Everything. Like yes. what? Lots of cool stuff. Um, <laughs> but what well, about the resurgence of uh, we've had the resurgence of Dungeons and Dragons thanks yeah. to Stranger Things, and we've got some you know D and D potential here. D and D is really it's 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 rare to get really great story out of out of quick D and D sessions. There's usually a lot of yeah. hack and slash going on. Um, they but you know well the story there is resource management at right. that point. It's less character driven yeah. and more do we do we survive the thing? What happens when the torch runs out? White Wolf Studios. We need four more ten foot poles. We're boned. You know. Always bring rope. Yes. Always. <laughs> you, always no, you always have rope. It's just you're in a hole. I have rope. Did you say you had rope? Well, come on, it's D and D. I have a backpack. That's, that's, no, the, that's, that's the first why thing I put always in. on my list. Yeah. Fifty oh, foot I, rope. Yes, I think Fifth Edition has an adventurer's pack. <laughs> so you just start the game with yep, it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you have rope. You See, have a torch. That's, that's chalk. The way to do it. Yes. I mean, yeah, the the stuff that yeah. I got a couple of pieces of chalk and I got some rope and some pitons and yeah. All right, so if I were to anyway. play a D&D game, I don't know if I'm super interested in resource hoarding. It it doesn't but have to I, be like that. That's what the your one shots tend one to be. Though, you yeah. go into the into this space, okay. this dungeon. But it doesn't have to be that. It's just talking about one shots or oh, okay. short session. Yeah, if you're running a campaign, you can really get into it, really you develop your character, get camaraderie. And that's where you talk about where you got whether you've got the, what you need to to buy food mm. whether you've got you know, it's the, still very much i would say an adventure game anyone who sits down to do game of thrones with dungeons and dragons is not going to be happy yeah <laughs> until until the fighting i mean i mean hmm. so you look at the rules the rules are 85 percent about fighting mm -hmm. hey heads up if you don't want to have a game with fighting in it don't use those rules right mm -hmm. so yeah. uh, so it's still going to be like a survivalist or adventure game but you can definitely make that much more character driven yeah because that's what curious about because i'm more interested in like the storytelling and the mm -hmm. and you know the actual gameplay of it you know getting from point a in the story to point b in the story to point and that's b where white wolf story. stepped up in the 90s yeah, with I the storyteller yeah. system you know dungeons and dragons is the d20 system named after yeah. dice star wars had a d6 system back in the day named after dice and white wolf was based on a storytelling system. Mm -hmm. I've played, I've run many sessions of, of vampire games, mage, wraith, werewolf, where we don't even touch the dice, mm -hmm. and we progress the story far. In D&D, you just have that mentality of, you need to get into the kingdom, and there's a guard at the gate. And instantly, the rogue's like, I'm going stealth and sneaking around to the backside of them. And it, you know, right, whereas so you in, have to roll to see if right. you, you, did you sneak well. And you, whereas in vampire, that. it's, I'm going to go up there and manipulate him. Or, mm -hmm. or something, or trick him into it, or let him, or make him think I'm some grand master that should be coming in to see the mafia boss, or what have you. If you look at the character sheet for it, a lot of stuff is about intrigue and knowledge yeah. and, and mental and social resources, and there's two or three spots on there for fighting. Yeah, a I lot of the vampire powers are about mental manipulation as opposed to just taking someone's head off. The White Wolf gaming really depended on you having really good DM and really mm -hmm. good players mm -hmm. to be able to play that. The beautiful thing about D&D &D is the fact that you don't necessarily need that. Mm -hmm. That you can actually play the game, you just get some kids around because you've got the rule book. Whereas you had to, it, with the White Wolf stuff, you had to actually have a DM that could really be creative. And I played a few games with some DMs that I'm like, this is horrid. Yeah. If you don't have a good DM, you know, whereas D and D, you just you roll the dice and you you're you're going that direction. That yes, the fact that it's here, my hippie story gamer will show the fact that it, that a lot of time it's very binary. Yeah. Um, you you succeed or you fail or you succeed extra or fail extra, that's right, but yeah. that's it. Like it's that's critical these are it. Um, but going even further than White Wolf, like uh, the 
Amber, the series of novels. Um, Zelazny is his last name. Anyway, there was an Amber Diceless system that was very much about rule-enforced storytelling one-upsmanship. <laughs> but you didn't roll. You know, there was no dice. There were no cards. There was no... I don't want to say there was no random factor, but it was very much storytelling one-upsmanship. So there's... Oh, there's ways. There's ways. See, that's what ways. I would be interested in. I've only played Dungeons & Dragons one time for like an hour, and it was just like... <laughs> It, it Did you like, even have a character made in an I hour? Had a, I had a character made, and it was a. I loved my character. I would remake it again in a heartbeat. But um, and then it was just like an hour. Like this is how it the mechanics work session. And yes. I was like, okay. yes, this is how the rules work. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and like my my character was a very short monk, and it was I forget which version it was on but it pretty much did nothing but slide slid the monsters around to the oh, to the yeah. tank character she played fourth edition yeah yeah i'm fine with it was that. all about sliding people around i, liked so, like, I, I had a tiny little monk i liked fourth edition. and then my best friend was a really tall just like beast berserker and like Looked i just like the number point zero standing next to each other and just, just like <laughs> here you can have it you can have it you can have it. Just take it. I don't want it. <laughs> Not my problem. Dead. <laughs> Not my problem. Dead. And that's where, uh, you know, uh, again, the, the White Wolf system stepped up is the, the dice rolls are super easy. Mm -hmm. It's There's one type of die. It's a D10. And you just, when you look at your character sheet, it's, you know, I want to, uh, I want to lie to this guy. Okay, so roll social plus lying. Mm -hmm. and, there's, yeah. and social <laughs> says three and lying says two. So that equals five dice. And then there you go. Roll them. But a good storyteller well, first of all, you can't be really seasoned in, in being a dungeon master for D&D. &D and then I, and I've tried to play their games as a White Wolf game. Mm -hmm. and, it, and they're trying to turn White Wolf into a hack and slash game. And I'm like, then why did I put five dots into knowledge? And Yeah. You know, I'm not going to acknowledge the you to death that are in a D&D game. The things that are on your character sheet mm -hmm. are what tell you what you can do. Yeah. Right? Those are the handles. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you got a lot of knowledge skills. Why am I punching all these dudes? Yeah, that's right. And and with with I mean, even your mages like why, in why Dungeons I, and Dragons, they're the smart see. ones. Yeah, mm -hmm. who throw fireballs? Like that's you know <laughs> that's. Well, I'm why, so why smart. Why that's charisma, how I learned charisma to throw was fireball. one of the, the lowest oh, yeah. used used attributes. Oh, I can have twenty henchmen. Great. Oh, why oh, I would I? exploit the hell out of anybody who oh. dared use charisma as a dumb stat at my table. In in white wolf games, <laughs> well, no, I mean, you'd rather be far. clumsy. It, when you're in a battle, who cares how good looking you are? Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, you'd rather be clumsy at my table. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> play a good bard. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> I want to play bard. I want to play a bard. I want to play a game where everybody is a bard. Oh. Yeah. But it's because uh they're all bards like uh like the doof warrior from uh from Mad Max. From Mad or, Max. Yeah, or it's all a heavy metal game so that everybody is a bard because that is how you win. Everything by burn. Just rock it's, and roll. It's just we win with it's rock and roll. Some, some just fantasy band running around. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. You got your drummer, you got your guitarist. Yeah. Guitarist carries an axe. <laughs> I see what guitar. you did there. Mm -hmm. I, did. I see what yes. you did there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well done. Well done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anything else going on, Johnny? That you want to talk about? Yeah, um, tonight at seven o'clock, we're going to pull out a game of Are You a Werewolf? Um, oh yeah. If you guys haven't played Are You a Werewolf, it's it's again, it's it's a storytelling game that's you're accidentally telling a story. Um, <laughs> it doesn't make sense in the end, but it's fantastic. Um, I, I want to say improv skills, but that scares people away. So it really comes down to: Are you a good liar, and are you really good at figuring out when people are telling the truth or lying. Uh, yeah. If you've never played it, 
there are cards involved, but you can even play it with a deck of cards. Every person gets a card, and your card will tell you that you're a villager or that you're a werewolf. You stick that card in your pocket, and you never touch it again the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. So then, someone's died. It's up to everyone through discussion to find out who amongst you is a werewolf and killed them. Uh, you run this for about like you run this for about ten or fifteen minutes, and you vote of who you think is the werewolf. And if majority vote points to someone, they reveal their card. And if they're a villager, well, you guys screwed up. You, you burned the wrong person. <laughs> then that's wonderful. The next turn starts. Someone's dead. Figured out through dialogue. So as the werewolf, you have to ma manipulate people and get it away from you. Mm -hmm. As the villagers, you've got to try and figure out who you know. It, it's always silver bullet. It's always the priest. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, I just, I just aged That's myself. The, the butler did it. I just aged myself there. Uh, but it's a great game that can take 10 minutes or it can take an hour, and you just play it over and over and over again because every time you deal out is different. So we're going to get that running at 7 o'clock and then every hour after that up until midnight. Everybody come down. If you're if you're listening to this before, you know, come down Saturday. We're talking to Layla. Layla's there's so many fun things going on oh, yeah. tonight. Yeah, you, ton of ton of movies. <laughs> this is the place to come. to. And if, you, and if it's, you're listening to this past Saturday, well, you missed out. Because we're well, okay, you got one more shot. You have one more shot because Sunday yes. uh, at 11, we are running all of the winners, which we can't talk about now because we haven't announced them. Right. We're actually announcing that tonight at 10 o'clock. So I'm sure Layla talked about that. That's part of the party. That's um, here. Yeah. So, and then, so if nothing else, come Sunday at 11 and see all the best that Frackfest had to offer. There we go. That's going to do it for our show. Uh, you can find us on our brand new website at okigeek.com, also on Twitter and Facebook at Podcast. That's also our Gmail account, and you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. FrackFest is online as well. Yes. What is FrackFest? Uh, where can the people find it on social media? Facebook is FrackFest. Everything else is at FrackFest. At FrackFest. F-R-A-C-K-F-E-S-T. And the website is FrackFest.org. Uh, Johnny, could people find you on, you're still at, uh, is it still just Johnny Payne? Right? Johnny Payne on Twitter, J-O-H-N-N-I-E-P-A-Y-N-E -N -N -E -E on And Layla Twitter. is, she's not Layla Payne, she's, what is her Twitter handle? She's uh, barely on Twitter. She's barely on Twitter, she's, uh, <laughs> she, no, she's on Twitter, she's, uh, Layla Payne I am. If you just search for Layla Payne, you'll find her. Okay, yeah. Layla Payne. Okay, and, uh, Josh, where can people find you? At Joshua Unruh on Twitter. Nikki. I'm at... Retro Robinson. <laughs> I almost forgot for a second. Every time. Where am I? Who am I? What am I doing here? What? Well, my email is similar but different, so I always. You've go done to that to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's yeah. That's your own. Problem. I'm at Retro Robinson on Twitter, <laughs> and I also run the Facebook page. That's right. You can also find me on Twitter at KOSU Michael C. Uh, be sure and subscribe to this podcast. Also rate us and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Johnny and Layla Payne, and a big thank you to FrackFest. I'm Michael Cross. I'm Joshua Unruh. I'm Nikki Robinson. Reminding you to keep calm and geek on.